0: morning everybody i am glenn the geek in ocala florida
1: and i'm karen chatton from gardnerville nevada and you are listening to horses in the morning on the horse radio network for may 10th episode 2930 good morning horse world when your start
2: times on saturday and your finish times on sunday and it doesn't get much better than best conditioned And completing the challenge is the
0: challenge.
2: You're an endurance rider.
0: Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us on the second Tuesday of the month. And we have Karen back with us after an exciting weekend all around in the horse world. Definitely. And uh, even in the endurance front. So I'm so excited about this. Tell us who we have coming up on today's show.
1: Today we have eleven year old Mia Moore who just won the Biltmore hundred mile ride over the weekend. Okay, let's it was stop a... there. Uh-huh. That's hundred
0: <laughs> miles on a horse and she's eleven and won the race. And that one's a well-attended race. That's not like a, you know, a little race in the country.
1: Oh, and she also rode a 50 mile ride and completed the day before that.
0: Do you know what I was doing at eleven? It wasn't <laughs> anything like this. <laughs> <I'm saying. laughs> Oh my
1: God. you were playing miniature golf
0: <laughs> yeah it was probably playing the early early earliest no we were outside playing in the yard i mean we weren't doing any uh-huh. of this we were yes. probably playing kick the can you know in the alley behind the house uh-huh. we certainly weren't riding 150 miles in two days in the crappy weather <laughs> right <laughs> all right she's coming up who else
1: and uh, we also have Erin Grogan, who is going to tell us what it's like to volunteer at a 100-mile ride. And I have my endurance tip on what to pack in your endurance crew bag.
0: And we have Mia's sponsor coming on, too. Uh, Sarah Marie Arthur is going to be here. right? And, you know, let's uh, talk a little bit. Let's remind everybody, if we have a lot of newly listeners who maybe don't know, but what is a sponsor and why do kids have them?
1: Right. So, In the United States at AARC Rides, the sponsors – or sponsor the uh, junior riders until they – if they reach 14 and have a certain number of rides under their belt, I think it's around 800 or so, they can get a letter from their – their parents can request with AARC to get a letter so they can ride unsponsored. Otherwise, until they're 18, they need to ride with a sponsor, which is an adult that they need to stay within about a minute of each other on the trail at all times and that way the junior has the sponsor with them all day long to help make sure they you know follow the trail correctly and get through all the vet checks together and that sort of thing and you know sometimes during a ride uh, the sponsors can change if one happens to get pulled or Mm -hmm. something then another adult can step in and take over sponsoring can you ask the about juniors. That?
0: Yeah, the sponsor's horse gets pulled. You know, then what do you do? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Well, that's so. very, that's that's cool. And so, really, your your sponsor is very dedicated because they have to stay with that junior all day, no matter what happens.
1: Right. Yes, there's a certain amount of responsibility. You know, you a good sponsor will learn that, you know, you can't go any faster than the slowest horse in your team, whether that's your horse or the juniors or if you're riding with more than one junior. So you have to be able to, Um. you, you know, I think I've sponsored juniors quite a lot over the years. And the one thing I, I think it's been really beneficial for me is you learn how to read other people's horses because you need to. Um, be aware especially if the junior's kind of new and they're also learning you need to be you know conscious and aware of how not just your horse is doing but how your junior's horse is doing and also how your junior is doing you know I can't tell you how many times I've said are you drinking enough how much have you drank and let me see how much is left in your water bottle you know and, and so you gotta kind of monitor right yeah. and then once they get a little more proficient you know they they'll just They'll keep trotting down the trail drinking, you know, And, and I know that's not a skill. I mean, it doesn't sound like a big deal. But, you know, when you're riding a horse, you're going down the trail through different terrain and stuff, you know, to be you know competent enough that you can whip out your water bottle drink and put it back all at a trot um you know it it takes a little bit of of confidence and skill and practice to get to that point and and a lot, the juniors of course i think pick it up a lot faster than some adults might
0: do they ever does it ever go the other way where the uh junior riders the faster one and they have to wait up on the sponsor
1: it, exactly and then you've got to keep the brakes on your junior <laughs>
0: Gotcha.
1: <laughs> you know but yes there's plenty of times where it ends up with the junior actually sponsoring the adult <laughs>
0: <laughs> gotcha it might have been the case here we don't know
1: <laughs> and nothing
0: wrong with that <laughs> we'll find out biltmore is a beautiful ride that's in the mountains of north carolina in the very western part of the state uh, smoky mountains there and it uh it's you know it's the it's the largest house i think in the united states it's it's a Huge, Mm -hmm. huge place. And we've been there many times. My wife and I have been there. She's ridden there, actually, too. And, you know, we've been there many times. and We drank a lot of wine there and uh, toured the house about a thousand times. And we ate dinner there one New Year's Eve. It was snowing. And we got there about six o'clock at night. It was snowing. So it was absolutely beautiful because it was all decorated for Christmas. And we actually ate. They have the restaurants in the stables. So they made tables in all the stalls. So that's where we ate on or on New Year's Eve that year, and it was snowing. It was just perfect. I mean, it's one of my fondest memories of especially the Biltmore. So, yeah, I'm very excited to talk to Mia and her sponsor, Sarah, today and find out what happened there. But in the meantime, a whole bunch of people. My wife keeps saying, because she's on the page, she keeps saying, I am shocked at the number number of people who are doing the virtual Tevis this year, and apparently you're one of them.
1: I am one of them. And so far, virtually, <laughs> I have made it through Forest Hill. I'm two-thirds of the way through the ride. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you made it over Cougar Rock. You're you're good there.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so how many miles are you in, now?
1: About 72.
0: And which horse is this? I am
1: riding Jovi.
0: Okay. Well, that's yeah. good. I mean, you're going to... And when do you have to be finished by?
1: um by july 17th the the day of actual tevis (laughs) so so yeah you know we got a little delayed because we've had a lot of weather where it was extremely windy and i mean we even have a 40 percent chance of snow today it's been
0: that way all over the country the wind has been uh incredible everywhere
1: yeah yeah so um you know we have gotten out a little bit but we're looking forward to getting out and doing you know a few more you know eight and ten mile rides and And, uh, yeah, adding – it's nice because you have a little bit of an incentive to get out, even when the weather's bad, and at least do a little something.
0: (laughs) there were, like, hundreds of people doing that this year, weren't there? There
1: are. So far, there's 370. Wow. And it's it's not too late to sign up because, you know, you figured if – even if you sign up in the last month, if you do three miles or four miles a day, you're still going to, you know – You'll be able to reach the hundred mile.
0: And it wasn't just riders. You could be driving a carriage. It it didn't matter this year.
1: Exactly. Whatever. You could do it on foot. (laughs) You don't even need a horse. They have a non horse um, category division as well. Some people
0: were doing it on bicycles and different stuff. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So Jovi's coming along.
1: He's coming along, and, you know, his name actually fits him really well, Jovi, because he thinks he is a rock star. (laughs) (laughs) And he's got the hair to prove it. (laughs) Yeah, he
0: does. He has big hair. (laughs) He's
1: got a lot of hair.
0: (laughs) So So, when will you take him in his first non-virtual ride?
1: You know, I'm kind of bringing him along slowly, not just because of his physical fitness, but for mentally. I want to make sure... you know, that he's going to be safe and that he's going to mentally handle everything really well. And of course, you know, now that I'm start, you know, the last time I actually started a horse was over 20 years ago um, with Chief. So I'm taking it slow and careful and making sure we're safe and that, you know, he's mentally coming along as well as the rest of his, you know, cardio and his, you know, soft tissues and stuff like that are. So we've been legging up kind of slow. He's done some eight and 10 mile conditioning rides along with riding lessons in the arena. And I've been working on desensitizing him to stuff. So the walks around the neighborhood when it's been, you know, 30 mile an hour winds have been wonderful for him because he gets to see stuff blowing. He gets to see the windmills whirling and all the noise and and things like that, fluttering and blowing up at him, and things like that. So it's been really good. So we'll we'll see. I'm hoping that you know maybe by the fall of this year we'll both um, you know be ready to go. So we'll see.
0: I bet you you're itching too. It's been been a while for you. This it is has probably your longest show break in a long time.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's been a while, and then of course you know COVID and everything just. Really uh, mess things up, but people are getting back to riding this last weekend. There was also the Cache Creek ride in the West region, and they had over 200 entries. Wow. Yeah, so people are getting back into riding. I think everybody's, you know, more than ready to get going again.
0: Well, you have a your tip coming up right after we talk about horseware is about the crew bag and what you're supposed to bring along if you're the part of the crew for a rider. So, I wanted to first talk about the amigo amico Bug Buster Fly Sheet. This is like the Cadillac of fly sheets. And, you know, you said you might be having snow, but the flies are going to be coming soon enough. (laughs) So this uh, Amico, it's called Amico because it is actually made from 149 plastic bottles are recycled to create one fly sheet. And we had that we had the horsewear people on to explain how it works, and it is a fascinating process so you have this fabric that 's made from recycled bottles and it 's basically they they make it in, they make it into a material and then weave it together to make a fly sheet it 's pretty cool the technology Neat. that that they use to do this it it features a sustainable breathable uh, polyester net offering strong sun reflecting properties it has the classic front closure the the detachable hood. The dual leg arches, so you have the the leg straps as well. Plus it has the the uh straight surf single underneath the belly, so it covers up the belly, so the whole belly's covered. My pony has one of these and absolutely loves it. This thing covers everything and has the large tail flap, uh and as I said, it has the maximum and UV protection and all of that stuff. It is really a a nice fly sheet, and his has lasted him three or four years, which with my Hackney Pony is not an easy thing to accomplish <laughs> because he destroys everything. He never leaves fly masks on. So uh it's called the Amigo Amico Bug Buster Fly Sheet. You can find it at most retailers, and you can get it in a pretty silver sky blue and also, you can get sizes 66 to 87. So, take a look for that today. Thanks to Horseware for their continuing sponsorship of the here at the Horse Radio Network. Now, your endurance tip. Uh, your crew, the people who head out and meet you at the checkpoints and all that stuff. Uh, or,
1: when you don't have a crew, you pack the crew bag.
0: Gotcha. Okay.
1: And the crew bag gets brought out to the vet check, so that you can take care of yourself and your horse. So even when you do or don't have a crew.
0: (laughs) And I'm gonna, we're gonna put this in the show notes today, because it's a it's a list. So we'll put it in the show notes today. But let's talk about the basics. What do you need?
1: Okay, basically, you want to pack food for your horse and a blanket, if one might be needed. And then anything else you as a writer might need. That's the the short and sweet version of it. You also want to make sure you keep your crew bag from being overweight because the ride volunteers are the ones that are having to presumably load it and then unload it and then, you know, offload it back when it gets brought back to camp. So you don't want to give them a hernia. So you don't need to... You know, put the kitchen sink in there. You just want to put what you know the items that you're gonna need or possibly could need within you know, within reason. Like I said, no no kitchen sinks. Um <laughs> so a uh, couple things to remember if you send your favorite blanket out to an outfit check during the ride, it might not be back in camp when you finish or if you've got multiple checks during the day and you have an out check and then an in check um, and your crew bag is sent to the out check, just remember the items you send out, they may not be back in camp when either when you finish or you come back for another vet check to have there. So you're going to want to, some of these items you're going to want to double up on to make sure you have one at each location. So just kind of keep that in mind. Another thing is a lot of rides will provide feed at the OutVet Checks for your horse. However, it's still always a good idea to send some food in your crew bag for your horse just in case your horse is picky, prefers having their own food versus what's provided. Or usually I find it's the other way around. They prefer to eat anybody else's food. <laughs> but also uh, sometimes I've been at rides where um, the the hay or the feed doesn't always make it to the vet check in time, or they run out. So you want to make sure that you're prepared and have a little bit of, you know, a little bit of your horse's hay and a little bit of like, a. I use gallon sized baggies to put the f- horse feed in. Um, you know, if you do any treats, electrolytes, you know, of course, then you're going to need a feed pan and a small bucket so you can get water. You always want to have an extra hoof, boot which is always good to carry on your saddle but it's always good to have an extra one in your crew bag that way um, if you need it or maybe somebody else might need it um, it's always good to have that and make sure you have them sized and fit ahead of time for all four feet so that you know in case you have a horse with two different sizes you're prepared with that and uh, I'll just go real quick here for the rider. you want your snacks, lunch or whatever, if it's not provided, you know, human electrolytes, things like that for you. You want to make sure you've got all that, um, and again, I think, like Glenn mentioned, we'll put a lot of this stuff in a list and put it in the show notes. Yeah, I'll actually for do a link to see. your old
0: blog post because it, it even has pictures okay. in it too. It's
1: yeah. got a whole bunch of other stuff in there, exactly. You know, and then of course, if you're doing night writing, like on a hundred. Um, You you know, there's other additional things you may want to pack, like an additional maybe change of clothes. You want to have your headlamp, maybe glow bars, extra batteries, a rump rug for your horse. So a lot of it's, you know, very individualistic depending on the ride and your horse and yourself, things like that. Um, You know, you just want to, you know, think through the things that you know you're going to want or, you know, you're going to want to take care of your horse, you know. I've had horses that feel so much better at an out check. If I can kind of get a brush on them and clean off the sweat around them a little bit, that always makes them feel better. And it also helps uh, attract the bugs a little bit less, which is good. So, you know, consider maybe throwing in a brush or or something for helping cleaning up your horse. And then one final thing for riders doing multi-day rides A lot of times there'll be a center spot in camp with the trailer where you bring your crew bag and drop it off and then pick it up. So each day it's easier to just simply re-add any horse feed that got used up and bring it out to where, you know, the middle of camp where the crew bag is and just put the new stuff, add it to it rather than drag your crew bag back and forth.
0: Well, thank you for that, Karen. And as I said, we'll put a link to her old blog post in there in the show notes. So you can just click on that and check out the complete list. Also a bunch of pictures that she had in there as well. Well, before we get to our first guest, we have Kristen here from the distance depot, like she is every month. And today we're, you know, you were talking about what you needed vet checks and the everything that needs to be packed for that. Well, you also need some hay bags and some gear bags, right?
2: Absolutely. So when we decided we were going to talk about organizers and hanging gear bags and that sort of thing, I thought, how do I find that on my website? Websites are always fun to navigate Uh (laughs) when you start looking for a particular thing. So the best suggestion I would have as far as our website goes is to scroll down on the left-hand side navigation menu to the horse, trailer, and truck Category and then in that category you'll see the horse trailer uh, slash truck accessories. There you will find you know all of our hay bags, all of our organizer bags, um, hay and gear bags, uh, rolling bale bags, bale carriers, all kinds of great things. But that's how you would probably best find the biggest assortment of these items because we have a lot of them. Um, so we do have for crewing. Um, The casual gear and crew bag, which is a pretty good sized bag. It would hold blankets. It would hold some hay, you know, your electrolytes, all kinds of stuff. If you had to take it or send it out, um, you know, if you didn't have crew and also if you had crew, um, just a great way to organize everything. The other style of bag, which will ultimately go away, unfortunately, because these are awesome bags. Um, are the Easy Care Deluxe Hay and Gear Bags, and um, again, it's a little bit smaller, but carries a like a hay. You can in a separate compartment put ice boots, blankets, you know, jackets, whatever you need to do. And today, for the first time, um, we're going to offer an exclusive discount on the Easy Care Deluxe Hay and Gear Bag. So um, it will be we'll offer fifteen percent off. Just use code. B A G, all capitals for bag 15. So no spaces, all capitals, B A G 15. And the code will be good um, for your listeners today and tomorrow, all the way through the 11th. So anyway, some good hay gear bags there. And um, Karen was asking about what sort of trailer door organizers we have. And um, we have Manger. So the little short doors in the front of some of the trailers with the living quarters, we have the little manger organizers that go in there. We've got full length organizers to hold your fly spray, your brushes, polo wraps, electrolytes, medicines, um, half door organizers, and um, by nice brands, Cashel and Professional Choice um, mm-hmm. makes makes both of these um, styles and, you know, all kinds of other things for your trailer as far as Trailer bar window screens um, so that when you're going down the road and it's super hot, you don't have to worry about, you know, helping to, um, they help to keep the flies out, you know, or bugs, bees from zipping in and um, hitting your horse. So, but still able to keep it cool in there. Um, And of course, a huge assortment of hay bags, nibble nets. Um, the trail rights mesh hay bag is super popular and slow feeders of of various, (laughs) various brands, but all kinds of good things on this, on this page you'll find. Right. You can
1: never be too organized.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I've seen your trailer. It's very organized. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It's
1: it's great having those door organizers. They're fantastic for stuff. Yeah. And they hold a
2: lot. I mean, they really—you can really pack quite a bit of stuff in there.
1: You can, and I like, you know, that they have the the pockets are made out of mesh, so when you take stuff out, mm-hmm. you can kind of, you know, hose them down to clean them, and then put okay, your so. stuff back in. That's what I do, and that yeah. works really well.
3: Yeah, yeah these and are if great. It's hair or
2: sand, it falls through and they get all stuck in there. So yeah, mm-hmm. they're really nice, and you can see through them too, which makes it nice if you've got a lot of pockets filled with all kinds of things. It's easy access.
1: And I see you can embroider and customize, put your name on some of these items. Yes. So that your
2: bag by, by Easy Care is a popular item. I will say we only have two green ones left because these are going away. We have 129 <laughs> of the Navy. So plenty of the Navy left, um, but we are offering that special code on that. But yeah, absolutely. You can choose to embroider, put your farm name or your name just so that it's easily identified. Um, you know, or your horse's name, whatever you like. On there. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, so it's the easy care in the morning. Easy care <laughs> deluxe hay and gear bag. And what's the coupon code again?
2: B A G for bag. One five. No spaces. All capitals. And And I'm going to ask if
0: you can leave it up for a week because our people, you know, sometimes listen, listen a lot. They they may listen to this four days from now. So, uh, and then they always get mad at me if the code isn't for longer.
2: (laughs) It doesn't last long enough. Of course. Okay. So we'll make it. So what does that make it? The
1: 17th?
0: Yep. That's correct. So, uh, so so through the 17th, that'll be great.
1: Absolutely. And Kristen, how do people get in touch with you to order?
2: Um, they can visit us at the website, which is depot.com or give us a call toll-free, 866-863-2349. Terrific. Thank you.
0: Well, as Kristen said, there is a discount code on the Easy Care Deluxe Hay and Gear Bag, which is normally priced at $67.90. You can get 15% off, but I talked her into changing the coupon code to HRN. So you have a week from today, which is the 10th, and use the coupon code HRN like all of our other coupon codes, like we use everywhere, and then you'll get that 15% off. So that's a good deal. And uh, who doesn't need another hay or gear bag? You can find it over there. Easy care is good stuff. And now we're going to get to our guest. Uh, it's so funny because I wrote to you probably about the same time that you were already writing to the guest. But we <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> we reported Monday that Mia Moore had won the Biltmore, and she was uh, 11 years old, which is a great story in itself. But her sponsor is Sarah Marie Arthur, and we have both of them coming up next to talk about what it was like to start, what, very early in the morning, probably 7 or 8 o'clock, right? Uh, earlier. Earlier. <laughs> and then ended three forty, 340, three forty-five or something a.m. Holy crap. That's a long day. That was day. a long day And that's then. the winner. <laughs> <It's> everybody else <laughs> came in behind that. So almost 24 hours for almost everybody on that ride.
1: Well, good morning, Sarah and Mia. Thank you for joining us. We're so excited to have you and to get to talk about your Biltmore 100-mile ride this weekend. So let's start with Sarah. Tell us about... What was leading up to getting ready to do this hundred and the horses you guys rode?
4: Well, Mia and I have been endurance riding together for a little over a year now, and we Both happened upon this wonderful opportunity thanks to a friend of ours named Heather Wilkerson. She offered to let both of us catch ride some of her horses in the Biltmore 100. And neither of us have ever done a 100 before, but we've been doing back-to-back 50s and thought we would uh, jump on the opportunity, and so glad we did. So how many riders were there? Do you know? Do you remember that? In the the 100, there Uh were... Well, originally there were 10 entered, but by the time the ride started, there were actually only seven starters, okay. probably due to the trail conditions.
1: Right. How long had it been raining leading up to the ride?
4: It wasn't a long periods of rain, but it had rained a good amount the before the Friday ride, and then it rained during the Friday ride. And so with the rain and all the riders on Friday, by the time Saturday started, the trails were very sloppy and slick. So let's now let's go to
1: Mia. Mia, what did you think about this ride, and what made you think you were ready to do 100?
5: I liked it. It was fun. And I love riding horses. But I rode Heather's horse. Um, Piper, and she was good. The trails were a bit sloppy, so. Had you ridden in the mud before? Yeah, but not that much.
1: (laughs) I bet. Now, did you get rained on very much during the ride?
5: Uh, Not on the 100, but on the 50 the day before that.
1: Were you ever scared?
5: No, not really. But we did see two bear cubs climb up a tree
0: that was pretty cool cool. yeah that's neat
1: (laughs) so how how tall are you right now mia Uh,
5: i don't know about About, my parents think about four foot (laughs) oh
0: (laughs) okay so mia you rode the 50 the day before too right uh yes sir so you did 150 miles in two days in the mud at the biltmore that's pretty impressive thank you <laughs> so sarah you you uh you had a long day what time did you guys start
4: the start time was 6 a.m
0: and so you finished started at, at five you finished at three something in the morning yeah yeah <laughs> that's a long day
4: yeah it was it was a long day but it was totally worth it
0: now <laughs> does mia ever let you lead or is she always in the lead
4: Oh, well, normally we switch off a lot. But then when I had to chip back in as a ghost sponsor, I guess part of the requirements of that are that I follow behind the entire time. So, well, wait a minute. Let me at least explain,
0: explain that to listeners. What's ghost sponsor mean?
4: So, when a junior loses her sponsor, his or her sponsor, due to a pool, um, another rider in the event can pick her up as a sponsor. But if the other riders decline to take the junior on, then they can send an unregistered but qualified, old enough rider to go along with the junior as a ghost sponsor. And I honestly, maybe not exactly correct on that. That was something we kind of learned at the last minute at this mm-hmm. ride that we, that that was available to do. So let's but back up and, and, yeah. and
1: let's back up and walk us through. The start through the whole ride, um, who did Mia start riding with and how did the rest of the day go? And when did you join in?
4: Well, so Mia and I both started the ride together with Heather, who was the owner of all three horses. And the original plan was for Heather to kind of do her ride and Mia and I to kind of go off on our own and do our own Ride, but we, we all started out together and we were having so much fun that we decided to stick together. And then after the second loop, which was about 35 miles, that's when my horse pulled a muscle probably on all the slick trails. And, I, and so I got a lameness pull. And so Heather and Mia continued on in the third loop, which was about 16 miles. And after the third loop, Heather's horse also got pulled for a very similar um, type lameness. And so at that point, we had we were halfway through the ride now, and we had to try to find another sponsor for Mia, and by this point, there were other lameness pools as well, so was, I think it was down to four riders, and uh, there was one ahead of Mia and two behind, and the two behind her um, were asked about sponsoring her, but declined to take her on, so... That's when we started looking around for horses for me to ride, to, to join back in the ride, but only as a ghost sponsor, not as a competitor any longer.
0: So basically your job at that point is to make sure Mia doesn't die out there um, and that she gets back home. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
4: Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah. And get eaten by the bear. Yeah. Uh, mama. <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
0: Exactly. <laughs> so Mia, is there anything that scares you on these rides? Is there anything where you're going, oh, I don't know if I like this?
5: Uh, not really.
0: Well, you're just fearless, <laughs>
5: she is. <laughs> so, Mia, what she's was your a blast? F- she's an absolute
4: blast.
1: But, by the with. way, she's, she's making all the adults mad her. right now
0: who are terrified, uh, when they I ride on the side of cliffs, you know. <laughs> it's like, yes,
4: so, Mia, she what wants was to do it all?
1: <laughs> what was your favorite part of the ride, Mia?
0: Uh,
5: riding in the dark, y-
4: you like that, huh? <laughs> 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 And I should chime in that she did not want to cut her headlamp on. The only time she would cut her headlamp on is if we had to see where, which direction the arrows were pointing.
0: So you oh, trust good. your horse that much, Mia?
5: Mm, yes, sir.
0: Just let them take you for the ride, huh? Mhm. Do you ever get sore? You rode 150 miles in two days and probably didn't sleep much. Did do you ever get sore?
5: I was a bit sore.
0: Yeah, I bet you were. <laughs> I bet you were.
4: <laughs> Yeah, but I bet she recovered a lot faster. How
0: how yes. about you,
4: Sarah?
1: How did how did, <laughs> how did you,
0: you recover? recover?
4: Yeah. Oh, I'm doing good. I'm ready to do another as soon <laughs> as possible. Both of us really. We we loved it. Okay, so finish for us
1: what happened after, you know, now you're over halfway through the ride and you were looking for another horse. So how did the um, second half go?
4: Uh, so a, a wonderful friend of ours named Jim Jurassic, let me ride his giant standard red gelding for the next 18 mile loop. And, um, and we just continued on at that point I, I, after that, So that was the fourth loop. And then the fifth and sixth loops um, someone donated uh, a cute little quarter horse named max for me to ride the last 30 miles. And we just trucked along um, the two riders that were behind Mia. Um, they had been like 30 plus minutes behind us, but, um, after we had to wait for them to kind of turn down the opportunity to sponsor me, they, they kind of followed behind us for the whole rest of the ride. But I think they respectfully let her keep her placing, um, rather than try to pass her, which I I thought was really nice. And, um, then all three of us ended up passing the front runner, uh, who towards the end of the ride, ran out of gas. We actually came up on her on foot in the dark and she told us that, um, she was trying to wake up, oh, no. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but she said she was doing okay and, uh, told us she was going to get back on and, and keep going. But for us to go ahead and pass on by her and have a great ride. And, and we did. And, and we just, Kind of cruised along in the dark and took it easy on those slick trails where we needed to and, and made time, as much time as we could in the fields and the roads and just had a blast. And I was just so thankful. The horses that were provided to me were just wonderful. They didn't, they were great at following right behind Mia. And the horse that Mia was on, Piper, was a super leader. She just loves to go down the trail. And I think I couldn't have gone any better.
1: That's great. So, Mia, are you hooked on hundreds now?
5: Uh, Yes, ma'am. No, they're my favorite now. <laughs> Bet
1: they are. <laughs> That's so, what they would have expected. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, what's your mm-hmm. big goal? Do you have a Do you have a race that you you just really want to do? It's on your list, Mia.
5: Tevis.
0: Yeah, I figured that was going to be your to answer. Tevis. I figured. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming not. How old do you have to be to do Tevis? By the way, Tevis? twelve. Twelve. Well, next year you can do it. Do you want to do it next year, or am I making mom nervous uh, now?
5: Yeah, I want to do it because on my horse, I'm going to do like a hundred or two this year.
0: So tell us about your horse. What's your tell us about what's your horse's name first of all?
5: My horse, not I didn't ride my horse. I got you.
0: But what's your horse's name?
5: But Riven.
0: And is Riven an Arabian?
5: Yeah, he is a 19 year old Arabian gelding.
0: Oh wow! And you've ridden him forever. Was he like your first horse?
5: Yeah, well, he was given to us um, almost a year ago.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah. Do you love him? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. I bet you do. Does he take good care of you on the trail? Yeah,
5: he's really
0: good. We were trying to figure out, is Mia the youngest one to ever win 100 of this level?
4: Uh, We're really not sure. (laughs) She's got to
0: be. Who else? I mean... (laughs) <laughs> it's pretty young to be winning a 100 at the Biltmore. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to find that out. Yeah. We'll have to ask. So, uh, so thank you, okay. guys.
1: Thanks and congratulations. All right. Next up, we're going to talk about Renegade Hoof Boots, which are the boots that I've been using for many, many years and lots of miles on all of my horses. That's Renegade Hoof Boots. The nice thing about them is they are made in the United States, They in Arizona. They come in many different colors, so you can accessorize them to match, which is great. They come in different models. They've got two models of a strap-on version, the Viper and the Classic, and they've also got a glue-on version, which is good for doing, you know, if you're going on a multi-day or a hundred and you just want to glue your boots on and be done with it, that's great. I like the strap-on version personally because, you know, they're easy to put on. And then when you're done, you take them off and you're done. And they work really, really good on all kinds of different footing. I've ridden in Well, I've done Tevis in them, of course, and lots of other rides in all kinds of different conditions and stuff. And you can find them at renegadehoofboots.com. Our next guest is Erin Grogan, who is an auditor and is joining us to talk about volunteering at her local endurance rides. She has been a vet scribe and will tell us what it's like to follow 100-mile riders around for 24 hours. So welcome, Erin. How are you doing this morning? Hey, Karen. I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. And so how how long have you been doing volunteer work at your local rides?
3: Yeah, it's been about four or five years now. Um, so we're really lucky in Southern Vermont. We've got a couple of different venues that host both competitive trail and endurance. So I tend to sign up and
1: do what they need me to do. <laughs> how did you first learn about the sport and get involved?
3: It's actually kind of a funny story. Um, I met a rider through an online horse forum who was riding endurance. uh, And it was going to be at a ride close to my house. And she said, hey, we need volunteers. If you want to learn about it, Um, why don't you just come over and they'll put you to work and you'll
1: get to see what it's all about. (laughs) And and so what was your first job that you got to do volunteering? Um, The first job was probably
3: being a timer. So you kind of sit at the in-out point with a literal clock, (laughs) And it's up to you to let people know when it's time for them to go out onto the trail.
1: Okay. And so how did that go?
3: (laughs) Uh, It seems like there's always a little bit of chaos. um, As people are coming in, you know, there's a lot of information that's being tracked when they come in. So what time do they actually cross that line? Um, Because that sets the clock for when they can have their pulse taken and see their vet and, and do all the steps that they need to take as a rider. So, there's a lot of mental math in um, looking at the uh, the time on the clock and then adding in
1: the number of uh, minutes that they have. For to their role. The checkpoints. Uh-huh. Yep. yep. Right. So then they get their out timer and then you got mm-hmm. to check them out when they leave and make sure they're not yep. leaving too early. Exactly. Okay. And yep. then, and, and so from there, how did things go for you as far as volunteering?
3: Yeah. So I've done a bunch of different jobs. So um, like you mentioned, vet scribing um, means that you are literally attached to a vet for the whole ride. Um, As they're looking over horses, they're working down the rider's card. And so they're giving you letter grades, um, plus and minuses as they look at how the horse is moving, how the horse, just their overall condition is looking. So it's a lot of attention to detail uh, and you, sort of tuning out. Aaron, <laughs> do again. you stick,
0: does the vet and you, in this case, as mm-hmm. described, do you, are you there the yep. whole race? Is that vet the whole race or do yeah. they work like a 12 hour shift and somebody replaces them?
3: Yeah, no, they're, they're there and we're <laughs> there with them. So so 24 I've hours. Had a of
0: cups of
3: coffee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the hundred mile rides are um, obviously intense for everybody involved. So this July, I'll be vet scribing at the Vermont 100, um, which is a ride that will finish in the dark—you know, two, three a.m. So
1: I'm, I go to bed at nine o'clock usually.
3: <laughs> so I'm going to be drinking a lot of caffeine uh, after nine o'clock to stay awake.
1: Exactly. and And so walk us through beginning to end, say you're vet scribing for a vet. Now, do you start on Friday with vetting the horses in? Exactly. yep. so um this I'll just use this
3: July as an example. So I'll show up at about two o'clock in the afternoon on Friday and we'll be there for you know three or four hours vetting in on Friday and then get there um, probably around you know between five and six in the morning the next day to just kind of be around as things are getting started. and then, with the Vermont 100, all the vet checks are away checks. So there are, let's see, for the 100-mile ride, I think there's five different vet checks where we'll meet up with riders. And, you know, they'll come see us, have do trot outs, you know, have their pulse and respiration taken by a different group of volunteers. Just make sure the horse is doing okay. Uh, and A lot of the volunteers are also checking to make sure the riders are doing okay as we get into those exactly. you know, midnight and later vet checks. So it's a whole team effort.
1: Right and then when you're finished when do they do like the best condition judging on that ride
3: Yeah um it's a good question it's been a couple of years that it's been since it's been held because of covid if i'm remembering that ride correctly it's going to be sort of after dawn <laughs> the next morning i think right. when they Okay doing it. depends on the number of hours right yeah. after
1: people And so there. are you still up for that <laughs> I actually don't know the answer to that. You've just okay. given me something. To because you'll you'll to find me. out. Yeah. yeah, sometimes you'll get a break for a while and then have right. to come back yeah. for that.
0: They'll find right. her under a tree sleeping have to go yeah. wake her up. <laughs> hey.
1: yeah. Or so, just in the middle
0: of a field. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so, so what have you learned from vet scribing, watching all the horses and listening to the vets?
3: You know, everybody says that if you want to learn how to be an endurance rider, you should volunteer, and I would totally agree. So I, I would describe myself as a wannabe endurance rider. I have done some intros and a lot of pleasure rides, but hopefully my horse and I will step up to an LV this year. But seeing just the variety of shapes and sizes and breeds and ages of horses come through the vet check, I mean, you you really do learn to hone your eye to watch how a horse is moving Um, have learned, you know, the basic vital signs of a horse, you know, because that's just a part of it, everything from temps to respiration rates. Uh, And just seeing, you know, when is lameness a real problem and when is lameness maybe just part of how a horse is. If they vet in and they have kind of a funky way of moving, that's noted, um, but it's not necessarily something that's going to affect the horse's ability to compete. Um, And, you know, everybody, riders, vets, volunteers, Everybody cares about that horse being happy and healthy and sound at the end of a ride. So everybody's making good decisions for the horse all along the way. And I think that's probably, as a scribe, you're just hearing all the different trade-offs that riders are making as they're talking with the vet and trying to figure out the best plans for their horse. But it's always all about the horse, which is, I think, the greatest thing about this sport. Right.
1: And I understand you just volunteered at a ride this past weekend. How did that go? I
3: did. Yeah. So this um, this was hosted by an organization in Vermont called Verda, which um, hosts both CTRs and endurance. So it was the first um, endurance sanctioned event for this season uh, in Vermont. We're we're still just getting into shape. So some people have been south for the winter and got to ride a little bit more than others. But um, this had a 30 mile option and a 50 mile option. Um, and I was doing some timing at this event, um, and also ended up jumping in to help. There was a, a new ride manager this year. So just kind of helped him with random things that needed to be done throughout the day. Um, unfortunately one rider did come off her horse early on and, in, in one of the, I think it was in the 30 and just needed some help as she got back to camp or as the horse got back to camp, just making sure the horse
1: was taken care of. And, um,
3: so a few volunteers stepped in to help okay. with that horse and rider.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. What's your, what's your favorite position volunteering?
3: <laughs> I do love the scribing. Cause like you said, I think that's where you get to learn, um, you know, just about different horses and hear the vet's perspective. But mm-hmm. I've also marked an unmarked trail, which can be really fun because you can do that at your own pace, either with your own horse or walking through the trails, riding a bike through the trails. So that's also a really fun job and definitely something the ride managers need help with.
1: And do you have any advice for listeners that would like to volunteer? How do they get in touch? Yep.
3: So I would say if you have an endurance club in your area, even if you're not going to ride, it's still a good thing to join the club. You know, you'll get invited to the social events and the off-season events and and get to meet a lot of the people who are Mm -hmm. riders and other volunteers. Um, every AERC ride has their ride manager listed on the website. So if you email them or find them through Facebook, um, everyone will find something for you to do. <laughs> and so I think, um, I, I tend to be kind of an organized, uh, on time person and it's really good practice to just go with the flow and realize that <laughs> like sometimes Wait, you things happen. <laughs>
1: flexibility, things happen. yeah.
3: Yep. <laughs> Totally. But yeah, in all seriousness, if you're brand new and you want to learn what endurance riding is like before you even show up with your horse, um, this is such a great way to do it. You meet the riders in your local area, you meet the vets and other volunteers. And, you know, if you just are quiet and listen, you will hear all kinds of stories, you know, from the past decades of endurance riding. uh And that's really what helps you get prepared to go out there and try it yourself with your horse.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And there's always that rider that could use a little extra help. Mm-hmm. you know at the yep. vet checks like if somebody could maybe trot their horse for them or hold yep. them or you know yep. g- get them fill up their water bottles or whatever or just finish you know, the ride
0: for them Be Great. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> even just holding somebody's horse when they're
3: getting mounted back up after a hold you know i mean most endurance horses are old pros at this they're used to people getting on and off them but when everybody's a little bit amped up and it's exciting you know just Being the person to stand at the front of the horse and say, you know, we're all good here. Give your person a couple seconds to get on and off you go. I mean, those little things, telling a rider to have a good ride or that they're looking good, even if they might not be feeling good, (laughs) I think those are just ways to really support people as they're getting back out on trail.
0: Look, Mia outlasted two sponsors on the Biltmore ride. She she went through a lot of people on that ride. Keep up with me. (laughs)
3: Glenn, it's a little bit embarrassing when an 11-year-old can finish a 100-mile ride and I'm like out
0: there trying <laughs> she did a fifty the day before line. it's, like,
4: I know. it's I know. kids
0: are <laughs> resilient yeah that's true they bounce too we don't bounce do. as much anymore <laughs> that's true. so do. Aaron well, we... what would you say is the easy job so somebody's a little intimidated mm-hmm. to go volunteer yeah they want to volunteer and but yeah. what what should they do first as a volunteer?
3: I think timing is great. Usually you're paired up with at least one other person, if not two other people. Um, marking trail is also something you can do at your own pace before and after the ride on marking. Um, the vet jobs can be a little bit more intimidating because it's moving very fast. Um, people are concerned about their horse and it, the vet scores impact things that happen later. Like Karen mentioned, best condition, um, you don't want to make a mistake Plus on Plus, you have somebody's to be able card. to write
0: legibly, which would rule me you out do. for that and one. Yeah, the vet <laughs> is
3: often telling you six different things at once, and you're trying to find the spot on the card where that goes. So that can be a little intimidating. So maybe a smaller ride early in the season could be a, a good place to practice that. Pulse and respiration is also something that, to me, is a little more advanced because you have to be able to use a stethoscope um, and... Distinguish a heart rate from a, a gut sound, which I made that mistake early on. I, I think I was recording and counting gut sounds instead of heartbeats. Uh, and
1: that made some people unhappy. So, <laughs>
0: yeah. Very cool. Yeah,
1: sometimes getting a pulse with with all the commotion and all the noise going mm-hmm. on, you need to be able to focus in on it. And some horses are real quiet to hear. So it yep. takes a little practice, but it's it's excellent um educational wise you know to learn yeah, that yeah. Yeah, can I, yeah
0: can i ask we we've been asked this year to cover more of the east coast what are the rides like in new hampshire now new hampshire is not a flat state so i imagine there are some hills involved
3: there are hills yep so i live in what's called the upper valley which is right on the border of vermont and new hampshire so the ride this weekend was in new hampshire and definitely some hills um over where I am in Vermont, uh, it, you're either going up or you're going down. There's nothing in between. (laughs) So, uh, we have a, a lot of dirt and gravel roads, which make up good portions of the trail, which, um, you know, some people just have to make decisions about how to deal with their horse's feet in those kinds of conditions. Uh, the wooded trails tend to be softer, um, some rocky spots, but up this way, it's not as rocky as You know, like the old Dominion rides coming up, that one is is known for its rocks. I don't think people know us for the rocks, but they know us for the hills and the gravel roads.
1: And what about the humidity and temperature?
3: Yeah, the last time the full Vermont 100 was held, which I guess would have been 2019, I think it was 92 and 100% humidity here, which people don't often think of. Vermont as being so humid, but... At that point in July, August, it can get really humid and nasty here. The 90 degrees was pretty unusual, I would say. Welcome to Florida. Yeah, (laughs) it felt like that. I used to live in Louisiana. That's what it felt like. Usually, we're going to be in the 70s and 80s in the summer, but the fall rides that we have here, um, Green Mountain Horse Association hosts a three-day, 100-mile ride, Labor Day weekend every year, and that's a pretty iconic ride. Um, It is a CTR, not endurance, but uses all the same trails and you get the benefit of the fall foliage at that time
1: of year. So it's pretty hard to beat that kind of scenery. So did they have a lot of water on these rides?
3: There is. Yeah. Um, my farm is actually, um, right next door to one of the vet holes on the Vermont 100. And so we put hoses out in our front yard in buckets just to help give people a little bit before they actually hit the hole. Yeah. To get a little Mm -hmm. bit more water and people all along the trail do that. People who aren't horse people, um, the thing about the Vermont 100 is that it's one of the few distance events where there are still runners and horses on the same course at the same time. So it's an ultra marathon as well as the horse endurance part of it. Yeah. So I've had, (laughs) I've had runners, you know, crawling into horse water tubs (laughs) in my front yard People get a little delusional later in the day.
1: <laughs> well, sure, and that kind of humidity, oh my gosh. Yeah, it was rough. It it's was challenging. Rough. Yeah.
3: <laughs> but yeah, there's water out all over the place. And there are a few stream and brook crossings, but it's nothing like some of what I've seen from out in the West Rides where you're actually fording a river. We don't really have that here.
1: Somewhere, But, you know, we do have rides where there's no natural water, too. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it, it's nice to hear about the... The various different types of rides and terrain and stuff. What about yes. the bugs?
4: <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh,
3: well, we right now we're just entering into black fly season, so I'm looking out the window at my poor horses looking miserable. So this time of year, yep, black flies are definitely going to be a problem in New England. Later in the year, we'll get some mosquitoes uh, and deer flies, but okay. I don't know how that would compare to Florida.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yours aren't big. Well, I don't know. I've lived up there. The, your mosquitoes grow really big up there. You
3: get, <laughs> they sure do. Canada yeah. has <laughs> the worst mosquitoes ever. I mean, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's, it's yeah. So, so the other thing that apparently I discovered this morning that your state is known for is beer. Uh, it's like the second most. Cons- <laughs> They did beer per capita consumed, and uh, <laughs> yep. yeah, you guys kind of are up there. Um, so, is it, We're is very
3: it... proud of our breweries in
0: Vermont. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently of drinking the uh, beer that comes out of the breweries in Vermont.
1: Is- and I'm in Nevada I feel left out. Why are the <laughs> peer, or are we the beer capital? No it was
0: like Minnesota oh. I think was oh. or something like that it was I was surprised I was just surprised that uh, you guys up there in Vermont were were right up there. <laughs> yeah, well, we have
3: those long, dark winters, so you yeah, must be proud during the winter. <laughs> yeah, I, I do appreciate our local brewing scene, and I have been known to support it. So I can't
0: lie. <laughs> Good. <laughs> well, Erin is an auditor, and she's just going to hang around for a, little, a couple minutes here for the post-show. So uh, thank you for doing that, Erin, and thank you for being on the regular show with us. We're going to do a post-show today. Karen and I have something we want to talk about that's just kind of fun for us, if nothing else. But where can people find out about uh, what's going on with the AERC and and the calendar? Okay,
1: go to AERC.org and you can click on the ride calendar and then look for rides in your area by region or by state. And that's how you can find rides that are coming up in your area that you can go and volunteer at or even just go and watch if you're not... Quite ready to jump in, um, you know, you can go and hang out. But I'll tell you what, most ride managers are going to really appreciate having a little bit of extra help. Mm-hmm.
0: Very good, and We can find all the links and everything for today's show. Just go to HorsesInTheMorning.com and look for today's episode and you'll find all the links there or right there in your podcast player. Just scroll left or right or up or down, depending on the player, and you'll find all the links right there as well. You can find all the past episodes of Endurance and we found out today that there's a couple people that did this. They went back and listened to all the past episodes. God bless you. Go to HorsesInTheMorning.com and scroll down the middle of the page till you see the Endurance banner. Click on it and it'll take you to all the past episodes. Most of them that are really old. The only place you can listen to them is right on the website because they're not even on the players anymore. We've been around too long.
1: I so, know.
0: A long time. Yeah. So, Karen, thanks a bunch. And where can people find you? On the Facebook?
1: Um, yes, just look for NV Endurance Writer.
0: NV Endurance Writer on Facebook. Thank you all. And hold on, auditors. We'll be back with you in just a second. Jamie and I will be back tomorrow.